What's up? It's your girl Kiara with KP Combos, and I'm back to bring you some more kingdom minded conversations. Okay, this is a bit overdue. I kind of just put these out spontaneously. Like I said, this is a completely spontaneous podcast. I do have a list of episodes like you guys seen, and even for like the second season and stuff and I'm gonna be quite transparent it's been really hard lately to do stuff it's been really hard to put stuff out it's been really hard to work it's been really hard to pray and I don't want to get too deep in as to where I am with myself but I'm in a lot like God has me transitioning moving around he has me doing a lot you know like just with my life a lot of uh, I've just feel like I've been in a place for the past couple of months of just not I feel like a pilgrim you know we just don't stay in one place but that's the outward the inward is a whole other tornado that flew around my room before you came excuse the mess it made yeah um and honestly I'm just waiting for breakthrough and true inner deliverance but that's just me being honest. I always tell myself when it comes to ministry, I'll always be transparent and vulnerable with people listening to me. I think sometimes, and this goes perfectly with this episode, when it comes to ministers and ministry um, and the audience that's receiving from you, they don't see a real person. They see this robotic type of image of a person. Um, that they can't relate to they can only take stuff from that benefits their head knowledge but I want to be someone who you can relate to I want to be someone where you're like when you see me first of all you see Christ but you also see a sister like you like you see someone or a friend you see someone that you're like I can really relate to her and I always want to keep myself relatable because when I'm relatable I can reach people and that's just that but today I want to talk about this topic here that you are reading right now the stigmas of ministry life and it is about to be 10 o'clock at night I've been trying to do this podcast for the past week and I'm sitting here I guess I was convicted and I was like if I don't do this right now while I'm constantly thinking about it I will never do the episode so it's spontaneous like I said before this is not a bible study this is not even a teaching it's more of an exhortation I naturally the way that I speak gears towards teaching but like I said this is not a bible study I'm not going to be reading scripture and breaking it down as the focus but I will bring up scripture if it comes up in my mind or whatnot, but I really want to talk about this topic as someone who is called to ministry full time, and I love that call. I don't. I'll get to that, but as someone who is called to ministry full time, and as someone who is in obscurity, someone who is in their process, someone who is in a place that's about to really start ministry for real, um, I just want to talk about the stigmas. Like, and the Lord was just showing me this stuff, the stigmas that's on the minister that. I believe that we should not lean towards. There are stigmas on ministers that 
people label certain types of ministers or whatever as certain things and now there's just this outlook on them and I believe that because when you put a stigma on someone that's what they're known as for example it's how musicians are you know they're either not even really saved for real or they're pretty much hoes like let's just be flat out straight that's what that's the stigmas that musicians musicians have that they're not really truly you know typically when you hear the word musicians you think of men men of god and that's just not true i know musicians who are truly anointed and truly men of god but there's just this stigma on them so now females in the body of christ don't want to date a musician or what else how you know not every mega pastor preacher or not every mega pastor is stealing money from the church not every mega pastor is a false teacher not every mega pastor is teaching a prosperity gospel which i personally don't even believe exists i think the prosperity gospel is something that people just labeled put a label on the area of wealth because they don't understand what it is biblically they just think we're supposed if you if you're a believer and you think you're just supposed to be poor and broke and just contrite in your way of living you don't know the heart of God and that doesn't I don't want to take away from the idea that there are people in other nations who who are believers who are in that state but the reality of the fact is maybe it's really truly because of the conditions that they're living in naturally not saying that God can't deliver or anything like that but they're this is what the calling is like there's people who are called to go to those places those poor you know places those people living in poverty to reach out i'm not saying that everyone's called to be super rich i'm not saying and i'm not here to talk about the prosperity gospel but these are stigmas on the ministry life and the minister that now people cannot speak about wealth because you know people think it's a go- it's it's a false gospel and first of all the prosperity gospel is not a gospel this is just a biblical aspect this is a biblical teaching the gospel is the gospel everything else is a benefit right but i'm not saying everybody's called to be rich you know but i do believe that in the constrictions of what you're called to god doesn't want you to live miserably and the reason why i say live miserably is because first your contentment should be in christ alone right um and i know we're gonna be like well look at the disciples they live like this yeah but we also have to understand that one the culture of the time was not the same and two that's when the church was birthed so compare my so to come to directly compare my life to apostle paul wouldn't be fair because we're living in two completely different eras right two completely different eras and a lot of what was written about you know the riches and the glory of god and you know like i I believe that the lord wants us to live that way on earth we we pray let it be on earth as it is in heaven and that's how we're going to live in heaven right um and there's a call to reach those those places you know i've heard of ministers who 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 came from you know poor countries 
they go to school they go back and they completely turn the 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 their villages upside down they're they're prosperous they're they're healthy they're for Christ, you know but people don't want to think that far but that's besides the point we've placed so many stigmas on ministry to where now it feels like no one's trustworthy every worship leader has a lust issue nowadays every prophet is false we got people out here labeling pastors as false prophets how are you going to label someone a false prophet if they were not even a, a prophet in the first place but there's so many stigmas and then the one that i hate the most is the idea that if you are a high um basically a celebrity pastor if you're a, a minister that is well known there is just this stigma that you will fall there is this stigma that you will fall guaranteed and i couldn't disagree more i could i could not disagree more because if you are doing what you have to do when the lord is processing you in the early stages of your life in ministry when you get to the peak of you know your success in ministry why why does it have to equate to a downfall there are there's glory to glory you know there's there's mountaintops and valleys but that doesn't have to equate to your carnal sinful habits there are actual ministers who actually live and look like Christ they're they're wealthy or they're doing their thing whatever the case may be and the reason why I use the word wealthy because wealth does not consist of having a lot of money. I didn't say rich. I don't want to be rich. I want to be wealthy, which consists of first of all being content in Christ because the richest and the most wealthiest thing you can have is Christ himself. He is he is the most valuable thing, which why which is why he pay he was able to pay such a price for us, right? Um it's it's health. And even if you know you are sick, the word declares that you're healed, right? It's resources, it's family, it's community. Wealth consists of so many things than just money. You know, you can be live like Christ, have wealth, you know, um have a healthy family and not fall. Like the school that I go to, my teachers, they've done some really big things in ministry and they're very transparent with their journeys and them at their peak i haven't heard of any i haven't heard of them falling because when they were in their process in their obscurity when they were allowing the lord to deal with them they yielded the thing the reason why ministers fall is because there's bridges in their life that they don't cross and there are seeds that they've sown that they've never uprooted so what the devil the, the the Bible says that after Jesus was baptized he was led into the wilderness by the spirit of God and the 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 Satan found an opportune time to tempt him. So what the enemy likes to do, the enemy likes to come at an opportune time to come and bother you. So of course if you let's say you're a minister and you've dealt with lust in your, you know, early stages of ministry, you know, you 
you know, you were texting women, you were talking to women a certain way. You may not have been having sex with them, but you know, you were lusting after women, never dealt with that heart issue. Just because you can't see the seed doesn't mean the roots aren't growing. So then you get to your peak and you're married with kids and that lust issue never went away. You just ignored it. You never dealt with it. You never uprooted it, right? But because you have a family and children, you think it's gone. And then boom, the enemy comes at an opportune time. Next thing you know, you're in a cheating scandal. Next thing you know, you're, you're dealing with underage people or underage kids. And these are things you have, you've probably had before you were saved. Now, when ministers fall, a great fall, they don't under when you when you first of all you're an ambassador so you represent the kingdom when you're in a high place like that when you fall you damage the image of our life here on earth as christians god's image can never be tainted but you damage the image for others to see christ through you and before i even get to ministry i first want to say this Ministry is not what you do. Ministry is what flows out of you. Ministry comes out of you. It's not what you do. And this is why you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be a politician, you can be in the pulpit, you can be an artist, you can be a singer, but ministry flows out of you. The first basic thing of ministry is making is 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 winning souls for the kingdom making disciples preaching the gospel everybody's called to do the work of the evangelist now how you do it may not all look the same not everyone's called to stand on the corner of an avenue and preach but not everyone's called to be a billy graham not everyone's called to be in the church pulpit you know you may be a waiter and you're leading souls to Christ. However you do it, ministry is what flows out of you. If it flows out of you, that means what is in, in you must be pure. So you have an effective ministry that's flowing out of your life, not your mouth, your life. Because one thing I learned is people, they do ministry, but they are not ministry. Because people, they say stuff, they do stuff, they, they walk in some type of power, but then you see the fruit. You see the person they really are. And you're like, I don't, I don't recognize you. I don't know who that is and who this is. See, my problem with stigmas are is that stigmas are they are an identity placed on every on someone from everything else but God. There are people in the Bible that didn't fall let's look at Daniel Daniel was faithful Paul was faithful Jesus was faithful and I know you're like I can't possibly Jesus was God that's no if the fact that our lives can't look like Christ completely is because he was God it's not it's it's unbiblical because then Jesus would have personally said himself because he is God he can blah no everything he said was as if yielded to his father 
he made the way he is the way as a man therefore his life you know and christ is living in you as paul says not i who live but christ that lives in me that means it is possible to live like christ it is possible to be pure it is possible to be completely yielded to the spirit it is possible to not be controlled by the flesh i'm not saying sometimes you won't have a relapse i'm not saying you won't make a mistake but it is possible i was talking about this today with a friend about how katherine kuhlman if you listen to her she can literally recall the day that she died to herself ever since that god has called her to that mind you a lot of these instances with these types of ministers god has initiated god initiated so God had told her if you, you know, she went through this heartbreak, divorce, blah, 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 blah. The man that she married was actually ended up having a whole other family that he left, blah, blah, whatever. And she was heartbroken for years. And the Lord told her, if you give me your life, I'll show you what I can do through you. And that was the day that she died to herself. And since then, the woman has globally impacted the world for christ i'm talking about walking through rooms and people just weeping not knowing why and she would preach to all of them and they would all get saved because you you're you can be in a position where you walk in the glory like that first of all when it comes to god's presence when it comes to you know the holy spirit everyone has access the bible says that um, God gives his spirit to us without measure. Now, the gifts and calls have measure because the Bible says the the Bible says that the, the, the spirit gives the gifts as he wills, meaning the Holy Spirit. And God, you know, he gifts you according to your calls. And he calls you the way he wants to call you. But when we're talking about intimacy with the Holy Spirit and walking with the glory of God, that is attainable for everyone. It is attainable for everyone to have an intimate relationship with the Lord. So in that, when you're doing ministry, you can kill all those stigmas. I've gotten into a place with the Lord where like even right before I got on this, you know, I started recording this episode, the Lord showed me something. And I was like, thank you for checking that little heart you know thorn that wanted to pop up you know let that not be me you know I repent now let that not be me thank you for convicting my heart of that little thing so that uproot that seed it's possible I don't want to fall in the category of ministers who fall at the peak of their ministry and it's not my ministry it's christ's ministry i'm just finishing what he's what he left for us to do as believers the acts of the apostles that wasn't their ministry that was the that was the holy spirit in them's ministry it's the holy spirit doing what he do because peter's shadow couldn't heal no one if he didn't have the holy ghost you can't there is no laying hands and people getting baptized with speaking in tongues without the Holy Spirit. You can't do these things without the Holy Spirit. But you know what else you can't do without the Holy Spirit? Live righteously. 
live pure, live holy, live set apart, live consecrated. You cannot do it without him. And I feel like that's why it's so hard for people because they have a relationship with either A, the book, or their head knowledge. They have a relationship with pages and not the spirit that inspired the words. I want you to hear me when I say this. Please do not be someone who is so caught up in their head knowledge of scripture that you think you're spiritual. Because I bet you couldn't even deliver someone who was tormented by demons with all that head knowledge you have. This was the Pharisee's problem. All that head knowledge. But full of, their heart was full of sin. And they, were able to, they weren't able to walk in that power, in that true grace. Because all their head knew was scripture. But they did not know the spirit that inspired the scripture. The Bible says, um, Jesus talking to the disciples about his departure and stuff like that. It says that the spirit of truth will bring you into all truth. What does that mean? That means that there are things in the scripture that are written down that the Holy Spirit will lead you to the truth of that thing. For example, smoking. For example, in the modern day, how to dress. Things that you, because what people do is they look in the scripture for things that they can do and they justify it by saying, well, the scripture doesn't say that I can't do it. When someone says that, you know they don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of all truth. And the Holy Spirit convicts and the Holy Spirit brings into remembrance the things Jesus said remember that in the scripture right before Jesus departed Jesus further taught the disciples things right so what what does all of that stuff have to do what does the Holy Spirit have to do with ministry and the stigmas that if you truly develop a solid and intimate burning passionate relationship with the Holy Spirit with the Lord you're breaking off the stigmas breaking them off you're breaking off the idea that first of all like that young people cannot do great things in ministry you have to be a certain age you're breaking off the idea that being a mega pastor I seen a post one day and it was like oh we don't need you don't need to go to a celebrity pastor's church. You need to go to your home local church. A mega church is a local church. Jesus taught, Jesus taught in multitudes. Thousands of people got saved. If anything, Jesus is the mega, the, the mega pastor, preacher, teacher, whatever you might call it. But we've demonized everything because of stigmas. Stigmas. You can actually be a mega pastor and walk upright with the Lord. You can actually be a prophet who's not money hungry and operating in witchcraft. There's so many stigmas. You can be a worship leader and be pure. You can be a musician and truly be a man of God. 
you can be in certain industries and truly be a representative of Christ. A lot of, first of all, a lot of what the stigmas are, are what people, religious, and when I say religious, I don't like using the word religious because I like the word religious because um, James 127 talks about the word religious. A pure and undefiled religion is one that helps the oppressed and does not conform to the world. Religious just means dedicated. There's two definitions of religion. Your beliefs and your faithfulness. You know you can be religiously atheist. You are dedicated to not believing in God. You can be religiously a drug addict. And you can be religiously a Pharisee. But you can also be religiously spirit-led. So I'm talking about the Pharisees. The Pharisee-type people who, but the book says, but the book says, but the book says, but the book says, but the book says. And if the book says, and, the, and there's nothing wrong with biblical accuracy there's nothing wrong with biblical literacy there's nothing wrong with biblical truth right but what happens when you worship the book and not the spirit that inspired the words jesus is the word the bible is the inspired word don't believe me read the scripture but I say that because we have that religious Pharisee-like people, which is really a spirit. Because that same spirit of the Pharisee, that same spirit, religious spirit, is actually operating in the world in another way. <laughs> Called rebellion. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, has put these labels on things to where people feel like they can't fulfill things. But then we also have the people who just do not take their processes serious. They don't take... You know, the things that they deal with serious. They don't take it serious. They don't take the seeds that they need to uproot serious. You're looking at a woman lustfully or a man lustfully. You're watching porn and you think that you needing to stop the habit physically is all that matters. You need the, you need God to uproot it out of your heart. So we have other people putting stigmas on things. And then we have people themselves putting stigmas because they're the enemy is making an example out of what's wrong with this but ain't no way you should be how old with a wife and children yet you're still having scandalous affairs don't not the holy ghost live in you the problem is that we really truly don't have the fear of the lord that's how all of this stuff is going on and I'm sick and tired of these stigmas because then people, like, people give you advice based off of the stigmas that's on certain aspects of ministry. Hey, bro, like, I ain't gonna lie, but this and this and this is gonna happen because all so-and-so goes through this. The devil is a liar. I don't have to go through it. Holy Spirit, deal with it now. If I have a lust issue or a pride issue or a greed issue or a jealousy issue or envy issue or an anger issue or a gossip issue, deal with it now so I don't have to deal with it later. Give me accountability now. Put me around the community that will tell me the truth now. Uproot it. Uproot it. You have to break the stigmas. 
and in the stigmas that are on you from your personal life, those inner vows, those inner stigmas, break them off. If you're a PK and you've seen your parents go through it, break the stigma that you're going to go through the same thing. Because at this day and age, we need the kingdom people to stand up in love, purity, righteousness, holiness, grace, and the power of God. I, you know what I hate? I hate seeing ministers who truly operate the way they should and feel, I feel like I have to question, like, are they really who they say they are? You know, sometimes I do that and I'm like, it's sad that I have to do that because there's so much stigmas on ministers. Oh man, I remember the day they started labeling Michael Todd a false teacher, bro. I knew it was going to happen. The Lord told me it was going to happen real soon and it happened. You will talk without true conviction of the Holy Spirit. You'll talk based off of your natural eyes. Break the stigmas. Break the stigmas. I want to love. Even though ministry is a burden, his burden is light. It's not weightless. It's just light. I want to love what I do for the Lord. I love to minister. But what you got to deal with Oh, it requires intimacy with the Holy Spirit. It truly requires intimacy. Because sometimes it's, it's burdensome. Especially when the Lord gives you a burden for a specific task. Especially if you're someone who's called to like, not only a specific people group, but like a city that's bound by, oh my gosh. Or a nation, or the nations. Break the stigmas so that we can arise Hollywood needs us because there are people coming to Christ and they're not being discipled there's a lot of people around us coming to Christ they're not being discipled a lot of the world has turned to witchcraft for a hobby everyone is so infatuated with loving themselves they gotta turn to witchcraft to do it they, everyone wants to be their higher self you know who the highest the highest of the high is Christ he sits at the right hand of the Father. I don't need to be my highest self. I just want to be in Christ. I'm safe there. The Bible says he is our safe place. He's our refuge. The righteous run in and they are safe. There are benefits from being the righteousness of God. But we don't act like it. And ministry is supposed to edify and build up the saints. It's supposed to help the bird the broken and the needy show them the heart of Jesus but I think we forgot what ministry truly is Jesus can minister to the multitudes and he can minister to the one he can perform miracle signs and wonders but he can also just say that one thing that'll absolutely grip someone's heart for him that's the type of minister I want to be quiet only spoken when he needed to speak every single thing that jesus did was led by the holy spirit it's not impossible how was jesus able to run his ministry he was he had a prayer life he had the holy spirit he was intimate in his goal and his will was to do the father's will 
and he went through the process. But I digress. This is short. I just wanted to get this out because, man, oh man, let's stop being the ministers who live carnal. That's a that's a whole other that's a whole other episode. But let's truly be like Christ in the earth. Father, I thank you and I bless those who are watching this, who feel a call of ministry, but they're afraid for whatever stigma that they've heard of or they've seen. Whatever they don't want to be like, break it off now in the name of Jesus. And let those who are called to ministry, whatever ministry they're called to, let that person arise. God, I pray that you show them how you see them and not how we see ourselves, Lord, even I myself. And I thank you for your grace and your mercy. But God, I also thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the word that is sharper than a two-edged sword that cuts between soul and spirit. God, you know how to cut us in the right way so that you can mm, tenderize us in areas that we're hard so that we can uproot things that don't need to be there so that we can look more like you and represent you well and just commune with you because without you we can't see you without you we can't be with you you chose us we didn't choose you everything goes back to you first it's a whole ministry but i thank you for your love for me your love for us this is what we lean on this is my rock your love for us through your son christ jesus i thank you that you've made the way through him he is the way, the truth, and the light. He has all authority and all power in his name. And God, we just declare right now that it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that all who see me see your son. In the name of Jesus, amen.